Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another new episode of Undying Light. I am your host, Pastor Alex, and once again, I have a special guest with me today, and uh, you can basically chalk this episode up to be the rabbit hole adventure episode, and we will see how deep the rabbit hole goes. No matrix puns intended, but they're probably there. So uh, April was on the show, uh, it's been a while now, but uh, she was on with us, and we talked conspiracy theories and problems in the church and all sorts of different things last time. And so uh, we've been trying to pin another time down to get on and make a part two of that episode. And we were realizing today we'll probably have to make a part three. So, yeah, well, we definitely will because it's we're, we're both of the both of the personality where, well, what does this do? Well, OK, yeah. what does that do? Exactly. Well, well, what does that do? And then three hours later, we're looking at um, how worms create cities underneath the ground on YouTube in the middle of the night. So, I mean, we're both like this. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that part three is definitely. <laughs> we're, it's most certainly if uh, if you're if you have that personality that like searches cat videos on the Internet mm-hmm. and then you just happen to watch them for hours. That's exactly what these conversations will be like. So, <laughs> Well, I know yesterday at work, um, because between from the last time I was on, I have started a new job mm-hmm. and I was at work and um, I asked one of the people in my department, I'm like, how do they make glitter? So we actually <laughs> sat for about half an hour while, trying to figure out how oh, they make glitter. God. But that actually raised up a whole bunch of other questions of like, well, OK, well, how do they get that and how do they make this? So it's like, you know what, this would this could be an eight hour day. Yeah, me of just trying to figure out all the components of how they make glitter. Absolutely. So after about thirty minutes, I walked away. I'm like, okay, I need to go do something that's actually related to my job. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we, uh, when I worked in my last office, we would uh, do the rabbit hole adventures every once in a while. And one of the biggest things we did was uh, we would ask these just ridiculous questions, like, "What is the stick called that a homeless person carries in like the cartoons?" 
you know, the mm-hmm. little, the stick with like all their stuff in a bag on it. Mm-hmm. Like we would spend the whole afternoon, like racking our heads. We would, we refrained from using Google to try to get ourselves to think. And mm. we're like, we knew this from like the childhood cartoons and stuff that we watched, but we couldn't mm-hmm. figure out the term. And then right. other times we're like, let's spend eight hours looking at eyeball tattoos. <laughs> so that that's the extremes that we took. Yeah, with my job, it's mostly I'm doing because sometimes it'll be a rabbit hole that's related to my job. That's usually when I'm sitting by myself in the lab mm-hmm. um, because I'm in the quality department and we have a lab to where we do the testing for the products. So when I'm sitting in the lab by myself, that's when I'll do those rabbit holes. But when I'm with everybody else, it's always non-work related things like, for example, how do they make glitter or how, how does this work or how does this happen or what does that do? And so it can get pretty wild. I think um, the glitter trail I might have to follow again this evening because like I said, I figured out how they made it, but I'm like, but how do they make that part? So Hmm. that's going to be. Long story episode. short, for long story short, yeah. for anybody interested, they actually use a specific machine to do it, and they do it on a die cutter. But with a die cutter, they use a specific kind of film. So now I'm like, well, how do they make the film? Because the <laughs> film, the film looks glittery, but it's not glitter inside the film, is it? So how do they do that? Uh-huh. So there's the rabbit hole. There it is. We there did is. one. We did one afternoon of looking at how factories make mayonnaise. That actually sounds really gross and interesting at the same time. It is a fascinating process. Um, <laughs> in fact, there's a video out there that's kind of make that kind of makes fun of it, and it's in a Russian mm-hmm. acts, a Russian like dialogue. Oh, it, if I can find it, I'll send it to you. But it is absolutely hysterical because it is it is literally just the most obscure, random stuff and. Yeah. So. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that, but that's that's kind of what you and I are like. That so mm-hmm. we'll be able to take a tangent, like, um, for example, the Book of James. Yep. Which, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which Luther looks at as why is this here? Yeah. He, what yeah, is this doing here? Nothing better. This than has strong. no place. Yeah. This has no place here. Meanwhile, I'm looking at it. Well, let let let's look at all the factors going into this, such as this was the first actual canonical book of the new testament outside Mm -hmm. of the gospels because i'm not even i'm not going to count the gospels because they're like their own separate little thing first canonical book so it's showing what basically the jews that converted to christianity at the time were dealing with and in order to fully understand the book of james not so much maybe as the lutheran but as a as someone in the reformed church you have to understand how Jewish people would write because the book of James is written by the brother of Jesus who was Jewish. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand how they write in the kind of literature that they come up with in order to fully understand some of the stuff that's in there. Right. But then if you're taking it into the broader context of the rest of the New Testament, to me, the book of James is like the practical manual for what the passage of the fruit of the spirit should look like if you're mm-hmm. growing in your sanctification you have the fruit of the spirit this is what it should look like right it's kind of almost like a sticky note of hey are you doing these things and if you're not why what's going on to further to further grow your walk so to me that's the whole thing however when you sell people in you got to read it carefully just as a basis of the book of james could very easily feed into legalism yeah, I made a comment online about it, and they said, "Oh well, you know, 
to be a Christian, you have to have good behavior. I'm like, hold up. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, it's, no. it gets troubling because, you know, the way we can understand things today in the church is much different than how Luther approached it. Because with right. Luther, his whole, his whole appeal was against the Roman Catholic church's use of indulgences and mm -hmm. their construct of works, righteousness, it's faith and something. And so Luther's entire encounterment with James was that they, the Roman Catholic church used James as, as you just said, a legalistic approach to, you have to live your life in this fashion. And I, I agree. It has good practical uses and should be read very uh, carefully but also careful enough in light of the rest of the, the scripture. Like you can't just read James segregated from the rest of the new Testament. You have to understand contextually what is going on in that first epistle to, you know, all the way through the last one being written were John's letters and revelation. So how do you, you know, pair all that together and then apply it into one's life. And Luther was mostly, rejecting the, the the works aspect because you know james says works uh, faith without works is dead and luther's like you know the roman catholic church has abused this it's not what it means it means that your faith will produce good works and so it's always funny when the reformed boys come out and they're like you know harping on how luther wanted to just throw it away and they're like yeah well you don't understand why nor do you understand the premise to it so it just keeps you know typing out well, the your funny, the funny part with luther is to look at it here's a bit of a hot take for you and mm. if you look at it through today's lens luther probably would have been hanging out with the uh ex-vangelicals for a while before he finally came to his final final decision of where he needed to be because luther would have been luther would have been part of a very legalistic church and honestly he was trying to turn completely away from pure mm -hmm. legalism which is what the roman catholics what the catholics at the time were yeah. doing and which is what i see a lot of the ex-evangelical community doing now there's a lot of legalism a lot of you do yeah. this and you do this and you do this instead of understanding the, the cause grace. behind it right because you know even non-christians have a code of standard of good behavior yeah. and all that good behavior is listed in the book of james because that's yep. standard good behavior but why are we doing these things that's the crux of it because mm -hmm. non-Christians will do it so they can try to get into heaven because they're a good person. When as Christians, we know no one goes before God without going through Christ first. If you are not under the new covenant, you cannot stand before God. Exactly. We, we, as Christians, we understand this, we know this. So with that knowledge, you know, faith without works is dead. I see where he's coming from because mm -hmm. if you have faith, but you are not trying to actively grow that faith. You're not trying to actively grow your sanctification. You will not be able to produce any kind of good fruit from that. The works. Right. So that's where I came up with my understanding of James is the practical manual for what the past, the fruit of the spirit passage in Galatians should look like. Right. It and should that, look like this. It should yeah. look like you're not showing partiality to just about anybody. It should look like you should be, kind and gracious to everyone you meet as best you can are we still human yes we are we're never going to be perfect we're never going to be able to have the same things that christ did however we can get close yeah and that's the and the close is what we're aiming for i know close only counts and has horseshoes and hand grenades but in this case 
Close is what we're aiming for because we will never be perfect until we're in heaven with God. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think sometimes, especially, and this is one of the reasons, um, I don't want to say why I left the reform camps, but it, it definitely had a play, a, an emphasis placed and it's not explicitly said, which is kind of hilarious. Um, but it's implicitly expected that you should be demonstrating fruit and they don't, they, you know, most of them won't even turn to James. They'll just go to like first John, which <laughs> first John isn't even an application to how one should live their life. John's writing against the proto Gnostics in the antinomialism of mm-hmm. the day. And so it's like, right. you know, th- these, and dare I say the, ref- these reform guys, and I, and it's not every reform person. I know there's many great people and I got great friends who are in those camps and I love you all to death, but the ones that have left a sour patch on me over the years, you know, are, are the ones that scream sola scriptura, but then they don't apply everything that scripture tells us, or they, they ignore things. Or they misapply it or, because yeah. they're not looking at the full context. They're not understanding the full history. They're not understanding how that particular writer was writing, what audience he was. There's a lot of going into the study of the word instead of just, just read it. Just mm-hmm. do what it says. Just read it. You know, that's a great place to start, but that's also part to me, that's also part of the sanctification process is reading and gaining that knowledge of, you know, the five, the five questions of being a journalist, who, what, where, when, why, and the sixth one, how Mm -hmm. that that all goes into growing in your sanctification. I mean, I can tell from myself, I have been growing in my sanctification these past months, just in how I'm able to look at certain situations, even though they're bad. Yep. Had a situation recently that was absolutely bad, threw me for a terrible loop. I had to take a day off work because I was just mentally not, I couldn't people. Anybody who understands that phrase, I could, I could not people, I could not be around people. Yeah. But yeah, instead it, of spending being in that place for such a long period of time because of my growth in the spirit, could I hurt? Yeah. But I could also have a bit of pity for the person that did it to me. Mm hmm. You know, that's not something that's typically a human, a non-Christian human response. So for me to be able to do that, I have been growing in my sanctification because even a year or two ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, even as like a, a pastor, it's a ongoing process for us to be, you know, understand it better. And mm-hmm. one of the things happening is actually yesterday we drove uh, two and a half hours to my wife's physical therapy appointment, mm-hmm. which is an hour north of Iowa City. Well, 40 minutes north of Iowa City. And in Iowa City is like one of the best hospitals in the state. And we have a particular congregant who's been there uh, dealing with some health issues for the last 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to her daughter today or yesterday on the phone, and she said that um, – they had to put her back into a medically induced coma and she's on a ventilator. So she's not responsive. And so I was like, you know, the, the first thought that came to my mind was like, Oh, okay, well, if she's in that state, then I don't really need to go. And then I'm like, okay, no, I thought about it for a minute. And I was like, she may not be able to recognize me, but her daughters who are standing there know me and they need me. And so it's like, you push that selfism aside for the betterment to serve your neighbor. And that's exactly what works are. That's exactly what James is telling you uh, in, in a whole great cox of things to do is 
serve your neighbor, love your neighbor. And, mm -hmm. and that's how you show Christ. You, you drive 40 minutes South, you push all of your errands off to the evening and you walk in and you spend some time with them, comforting them, talking to them, reminiscing with them, praying over them. And, mm -hmm. and I think that leaves a bigger impact on them than just merely being like, oh, well, I'll just pray for you over the phone. And I, you know, let me know when your mom gets better. I mean, yeah, I having that having that physical presence is very, very important. You know, you leaving thoughts and prayers or doing it over the phone or sending a message is one thing, but if you're physically able to go and be there, that shows that that shows a lot. Even if let's say this person didn't have any family close by and they were just by themselves and they mm -hmm. were going through this um, as a witness to the other to the hospital staff that will be a witness to the hospital staff but um from what medical knowledge i do have i will say that the person who is in a medically induced coma even though she couldn't respond she could probably still hear you mm -hmm. so she still heard you and she still knew you were there yeah so yeah. knowing well, that as well it's like yeah they're they still need that because they still need to know that someone cares about them yep and, you know, and I have another lady who has no family around. She's in her mid seventies. She's got some significant health issues that prevents her from coming to church. And so I go up there once a month, a visit, bring communion. And in some cases I'll bring the family with because she loves to see my kids and mm -hmm. she doesn't get to see her grandkids very often, if ever. And so this is a great thing for her to connect with, you know, my kids and, and, and act in that grandmother, like, you know, personality and so we always have a good time going up there and uh we try to make it you know about once every four weeks depending on our schedules but getting into the holiday seasons everything is busy and, and right we're, we're everywhere and like for this interview we had to squeeze you in and uh you know because i've got I, I still got to go to the church and work this afternoon and then right. i'm gonna hopefully take my wife out on a date we haven't been on one since our anniversary in august Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's sometimes it's very hard. You feel it's like just getting into the basics of life. You have to squeeze things in. I suddenly realized mm -hmm. um, I'm not a very social person for a, a large part of different reasons. I can talk very well, but it's, it does take a lot out of me to be incredibly social. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized for the next month, if everything goes according to plan, my social calendar is incredibly full for no reason. And I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Because like next weekend I have an event with my hobby group that I've been looking forward to for months. Uh -huh. My uncle just sent me, um, a invitation, an invitation. I was pretty grateful to be included, um, for my grandparents. It's a surprise 50th wedding anniversary party for them. Then mm -hmm. I call my grandparents and my granddad's been feeling under the weather. So it's like, I'm a little bit in flux. What to do with that? Because then the following week, I'm going to supposed, I was supposed to go visit them for Thanksgiving, but I already, I'm already putting it in my grandma's head. If my dad's not feeling well, because my grandparents raised me. So I do say mom and dad a lot. Mm -hmm. So if mom, if dad isn't feeling really up to it, I'll postpone it and come another time. I, I'd rather dad be feeling a little better yeah. when I'm there instead of, you know, going through it and then he takes a turn and then right you no know, because i would feel bad but i also don't want him pushing himself so we'll figure this out as we go along then i have my trip and i know work is always very very busy so it's hi so yeah i, I suddenly have a full social calendar and i'm just like 
Oh, great. And then in the middle of all this, I'm I'm trying to decide, because I do not live close enough to you, unfortunately, I live in New Jersey, um, that I can go to your church. So now I'm on the hunt again for another home church. I'm trying to decide whether to do it now or wait until after Advent. Mm -hmm. You know, just because of the Advent season and how it is, and a lot of people are very, very transient and, you know, they only show up during holidays. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> but unfortunately, the church I've been going to, they are working, coincidentally, through the book of James. <laughs> and it's starting to sound slightly legal- legalistic. But the other problem that I have with it is um, my pastors seem to think they can do all things through verses taken completely out of context with a little bit of WD-40 and a shoehorn. And I just, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I, I see what you're doing and I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I, I the day I went stayed home because I was having some other issues go on. I went through all of the, uh, all of the verses they were using to back up what their sermon was about. And then I looked at the verse they were using. I looked at the small passage and then the wider section to put it completely in context. I'm like, this doesn't work. Right. You're trying to make this work. It's, you know, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. and even the passages they were taking out it's like you could use that for something why are you and so i'm like i i can't go to the stretching I, I just can't so i'm back to square one and of course it was a baptist church i know you may mention that baptists kind of <laughs> lean legalistic sometimes i will agree yeah. um, they are very good but you know being in the northeast especially in a politically liberal area mm-hmm. it's somewhat hard to try and find a church that is um, theology you know theologically sound but at the same time isn't you know leaning in any sort of way um can't lutheran churches are few and far between here and when they are you know they're kind of trashed so. yeah yeah so yeah. one plus is i mean one of the benefits that came out of the whole pandemic whatever i'm not going to get into that on this one but um one of the things that came out of that was most church just now have the online sermons so it's like oh okay so i can watch and see how either much garbage you're trying to spew or mm-hmm. how close you are before i invest my physical time and my physical energy into driving there and seeing you know and trying to invest in that right yeah because it's not that i don't want to go i do want to go but i don't want to invest in a church that i'm going to end up leaving right Yep. And that's, that's the, the caveat to today's culture and then not just, you know, you, but I know so many people who it's, it's every excuse in the book for them not to go. And, and on, on top of that, it's, they want, they don't seek a good sound biblical church like you are. They're looking for something that's going to make them feel good and uplifting emotionalism, you know, the Joel Osteen type churches and yeah it's it's they they want they want the programs and they want things for Mm -hmm. them and with me it's like i'm already kind of past that i'm already past all the pro especially you know with me i'm oh let's let's put it there i am a widow i am single i don't have any children Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of past all the other programs that you know a woman of my age would be looking for those aren't things that are on my on my radar at all so what is left is having a good sound biblically sound church to be able to go to 
that I can invest my time in, that I can serve in. Right. I don't want to invest my time in a church that is biblically unsound because that will just perpetuate the belief that it's a good church when it's not. Mm-hmm. I'd rather put my time into something that's going to be worthwhile. Yes, indeed. So let's uh, let's crack open the rabbit hole. We've got some time. And right. uh, I, I was just kind of Googling before we started um, top conspiracy theories believed by people today. Uh, some of this stuff's quite hilarious. Oh and, boy! And uh, the first one is that the Holocaust was fake. Uh, that's that's a pretty popular one amongst young people today, is that they deny the Holocaust. Right. Uh, let's see what hey, else. Do we... I, I'm I'm gonna make a hot take comment. Did uh-huh. it happen? Yes, it did. Do I think the numbers are accurate? No, I don't. Uh huh. We've ne- one of the biggest caveats for me is there are too many countries out there where you can't even question it. Yeah. You're not allowed to you're not allowed to delve into it. Do I think that something happened? Yes, I do. Do I really think it's that the number is as big as you're saying? No. I've seen the number change in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. For a number to drastically change upwards in my lifetime, this is a bit of an issue for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to say it didn't, but I, I'm not fully trusting everything that I'm seeing here. Yeah. Oh, so I that, want to make sure it's accurate. Well, that leads and into the next one. Which is? Which is that we're living in, in a simulation or a matrix, or they parrot that the earth has been p- pulled into another, uh, uh, what do they call it, um, universe, like a parallel universe. And everything that... I had a guy tell me one time at one of the jobs that I had, because unfortunately I've had, I moved around the jobs a lot, mostly because they are dead end and they stink. But anyway, this mm-hmm. one guy, he was telling me, um, what if we're the science project that's that won so far? Yeah. You know, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, what if he kept going through it? And no, 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 wait, hang on. I like this one. We're going to keep this one for a while and see what happens. Right. So I, ever since I thought about it, I'm like, huh, yeah. that is a pretty good one. Which goes into the parallel dimension theory. Yeah. And that, that one to me is fascinating. Even, you know, obviously I I think it's kind of ridiculous, but Mm -hmm. what what, it's funny is yesterday in the car, we were driving my wife and I, so we had two and a half hours in the car by ourselves and, and Iowa, there's all these windmills being constructed and we, we hate them because they're, they're an eyesore. They, they tear up the land. It's a terrible bird killers bird kill. Yeah. And they, yeah it's it's awful and so my wife thinks it's a government conspiracy that in the contract at some point they're going to uh be able to take over larger chunks of the farmer's land and then allow it to be government controlled land and i don't think that's too far from the truth it's not everything i've read so far and that i've seen so far is that um most of the arable land, arable farmland is, is controlled by over, a very small handful of companies or entities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's not too far from the truth. Um, I do believe, because I have yet to find anything that would tell me that this is not true. Mm-hmm. I do believe that a very, very, very small portion of people, and when I say very small, I'm saying less than 100 actually control everything that goes on on this planet oh yeah at least 
at least from a financial business standpoint. But when you start broadening that out, you know, as that small handful actually they they control well the, the political they they control the political part, the business part, the everything. So, you know, it might look to someone like you or I, like it's so many different entities, but when you start following the spider webs down to that central point, you realize it's the same central point for the mm -hmm. same free fit. And it's like, oh, okay, this is weird. Yeah. Like for anybody not. who wants for anybody who wants to go down the rabbit hole, start researching BlackRock. Do not use oh, Google. Yeah. Yeah. Do not use Google to do that. They will hide everything. Try to use an alternative. Um, I use Brave. They're pretty good. Um, Aloha, if you're on your phone, if you have an iPhone. Mm -hmm. So that would be, if, if you really want to have fun finding out who owns what, look up BlackRock. Yeah. We'll just leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let you let you all go down that rabbit hole. Um yeah, the next there's I mean there's I got 50 different uh conspiracy theories. We're not going to go through them all, but I really like this one. The moon landing was faked. I think that was I've, hear, I've been hearing that a lot. Um considering the time period, mm -hmm. it's very possible. Yeah, absolutely. It's entirely possible. Um with me, there are so many other things that are more pressing i guess mm -hmm. but that's just not something for me to really delve into because usually the ones that say the moon landing is fake they also for some reason are flat earthers which i'm i don't know how you could get a flat earth but whatever makes you happy right um, so, so i don't know could it have been faked absolutely um we haven't been back since and so to me that's a little bit of a clue they keep saying oh it's monetarily prohibitive Oh, you keep sending people up there and it's not that far too much farther. So Yep. No, I don't know. It's certainly <laughs> um it's certainly crazy to think because you know, the technology that we had then to think, oh, well then we should be able to do it again and go mm -hmm. back. And we can't. We haven't been back since. Why? There's exactly oh we our rockets are having problems. So literally we're supposed to believe that one rocket had no flaws. They got, I mean, and there were, you know, obviously issues along the way, but it, it didn't explode. It didn't kill anybody. It got to its destination and it returned home. No deaths or issues of that catastrophic level. And, yeah. and we're supposed to believe that they had cameras on the moon and they recorded the whole process. Okay. But it just, I don't know, it just doesn't add up to the technology in the time. Yeah, it's just nothing is really quite adding up, um, especially because, I mean, the standard standard thing you hear is, you know, the phone in your pocket, the smartphone in your pocket it has, is more powerful than anything they had during the space program. So it's yeah. like, well, why can't we go? Um, considering the speed at which things happen now, because it used to take weeks to months to be able to do things. Um, like, but now for an example, there could be a definition in the dictionary that gets changed same day. This mm -hmm. from the woke ideologies and the woke policies or the, the leftist policies. I don't even say woke, but from the leftist policies that happen. So it's like, how, how is this able to work now? You know, uh, a fun, somewhat conspiracy theory that I have is, um, 
our current sitting president, I mean, everybody's kind of aware that uh, the president is kind of a figurehead, but he does have some control. Mm -hmm. um, our, our current sitting president is essentially fully controlled by his handlers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So um, there is a reason they call him the electric potato. Yeah. He, he is an yeah. electrified potato. And it's, it's sad. I actually, I feel very bad for him mm -hmm. because he wasn't a really nice person when no. he had his full cognitive abilities. And, right. But I still feel bad for him because no one should be put in the position where they had zero clue what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, another conspiracy theory is it's a body double or it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a robot. I've heard that one. Mm -hmm. um, another political player, I'm not going to mention the name. We haven't seen this person since 2016 in the flush and even in the flush. Um, some things were happening that made it seem like uh, that person was not no longer human. So I, I, I do raise red flags. Of, oh, well, this one's going to run again. No one's seen this person since 2016. And it's like, what, six, seven years later? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's that, that's, a, that's a fun conspiracy theory if you ever want to delve down that rabbit hole. Um, I think one that you and I as, as Christians who believe in biological sexuality can both agree that um, certain segment of the population that we're not allowed to question at all is monumentally confused and under severe mental health issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because there's a page I follow on Instagram and mm -hmm. they made a, a post of this guy who is, you know, claims to be a woman. So he's a transgender woman and he's doing all these like events, dressing up for children and all that. And there's a particular person that follows this page as well. They're, mm -hmm. ath they're atheist and they always have just something to try. You know, it's like trying to stab at, you know, the content that's there and try to, you know, oh, you know, your God is fake. And I mean, it, it's just it's really stupid arguments. Right. And he, he made a comment and he goes, well, why can't these just, why can't she live her life? And I, so I responded, I'm like, oh, you mean he, and I put parentheses and, or I, I don't know how I said, it. I said, oh, you meant he, I, there, I corrected it for you. And that like opened the flood channels. This guy was so irate. <laughs> and you know, the thing that's, is, the and that's the thing that's hard so much, especially with Christians. Yeah. It's like, okay, so we don't want to ruin our witness. But at the same time, how do we deal with someone who is vehemently denying right. God's creation, who's vehemently denying biological basis, which, and I find that on Instagram too, where there'll be a page where I, I, I'm interested in, I see a post, I'm interested, let's go in it. And they start spouting the current, you know, the current stuff of the day where now the one I was um, like a medical condition, you know, people with periods, mm -hmm. you mean women. Yeah. Because biological women are the only ones who can get periods. Because even if you take a guy, take a biological man, surgically put in all the right parts, that person is still not going to have a period because it relies on hormones to do it. Yep. So are you going to pump this person full of hormones and just totally screw their body up well, in order what... for them to be a full woman? And yeah. even then it still won't be right. Right. Because so... at a chromosomal level, you're not changing anything. Right. You're, you're not. You're just putting on the right parts. It's like you right. become a cyborg, you know, a biological cyborg because you're just adding stuff. Yeah. But it's like, it's like taking a Honda Civic and putting on a body kit and then putting on neon lights and calling it a street racer. Yeah. 
which just happens in Newark all the time. All the time. Yeah. All I know. Time. Yeah, it was in Chicago too. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's you know, the, this whole like delusional aspect of the transgender community is 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 incredibly difficult for Christians to deal with because it, just like you said, how do you not jeopardize your witness, but how do you stand on common sense? You know, right, because I, in a lot of tokens, when you look at the long game, mm-hmm. especially there's been studies done, which they try to hide, which that, you know, that segment tries to hide, which is, you know, five years after a lot of these surgeries are done, these people commit suicide mm-hmm. they, because their mental health is so bad and they've been sold this lie that, oh, do this and you'll be happy. It has nothing to do with changing your biology. You know, changing your reality does a lot more harm than it does good. And that's what's so scary, for lack of a better word, about what they're trying to do to children right now and trying to force that. And it's like, okay, because my view has always been fine. Mm -hmm. You want to do that. That's fine. I think it should be that no one will do this before you're 25 for the simple reason by the time you hit 25, your body and all your hormones have had a chance to calm down. Right. And they've had a chance to settle. And guess what? After going through all that, you might realize that being who you were created to be is actually really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it took me as a female a long time to fit into how to be female because I was never really traditionally what I would consider traditionally feminine. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't do the pink frills. I makeup mystifies me. I can't do hair unless it's in a ponytail. I, I work, I get dirty. I mean, I'm not a traditional female, right? but I like being female. There's things about it that I really, really enjoy because it just is, but it took me a long time to get here. If I would have been part of, if what's happening now had been when I was a kid, I probably would have committed suicide years ago because I would have taken that leap, done that change, and then realized I really screwed things up now. Mm -hmm. Because one thing they also don't tell them is you start going through that, you're going to take away your chance to ever have your own children. Right. Yep. And that's, look, and that is a deep drive that people don't seem to understand that they have. Right. And it's, it's much different. Like, you know, on my show, I talk about my health and, my drive for fitness and trying to better myself uh, not because I want to be better for people around me outside of my family, my wife and my kids, but I want to mm-hmm. be better for myself. Like I don't want to be the traditional guy who comes home from work, grabs a six pack of beer and plays video games while his wife deals with the family. I want to be involved and I want to have the energy, the strength, the stamina to do it. And so, yes, not that there's anything wrong with every once in a while doing that, no, but when it's a daily right. occurrence, that's bad. Yeah. It's yeah. When it's daily, it's, it's awful. It's, it's and, bad. and I know people that do that daily. I know people who spend their life playing video games, thinking they're going to make it big and make a million dollars, whatever, which is stupid. But you know, I've never wanted to shy away that I've been on a hormonal replacement therapy, but mm-hmm. what I'm doing is fixing the, the poor health decisions I made t- 10 years ago to reconcile and make me more of the man I need to be not making me less of the man I should be. And so there's a, there's a, there's two extremes to this, to this equation, because on one end, you've got these people who want to strip their children of any sort of gender identity and, you know, 
And then on the other hand, it's like you got people who genuinely realize that they need to be a better person within their own uh, sex or gender, whatever you want to give it. And they seek the right attempt. They seek the right medical help for that. You know, like you said, I got I got two small kids. I got a daughter who's four and a half and a son who's a little over a year. And my daughter loves the princess stuff. She's all about, you know, unicorns and butterflies. Her favorite color is pink and red. She loves dressing up. She wears dresses all almost all the time. Girly girl. Girly, yeah. And you know what's what's funny is we we never we never like pushed that. That just came natural. And and I think it's wonderful. I I absolutely love it. And then you got my boy who's you know starting to kind of put things together and he you know he plays with everything because if it makes noise, lights up, he wants to play with it and he wants to try and take it apart and break it and and that's almost a boy trait because that's what boys do. Right. And that's where what, you know, growing up, I wasn't like your daughter. I wasn't into the whole girly girl. Did I play with dolls? Yeah, I did. But I was also really interested in being outside. So it, it's like, I didn't mind getting dirty. My favorite thing all summer was running around barefooted to the point where I got yelled at because my feet were black and I'd go to bed with black feet and get it all over the sheets and my grandma mm. would yell at me. <laughs> so, but I loved drawing and I loved doing those things, but I wasn't traditionally like the girly girl so i didn't really fit in i felt like i didn't fit in right yeah so you're both of your children are lucky in that you recognize this is what you do and we're good with that you know we're happy we're happy that you're exploring your world in a way that is good for you right and that works and Um, it's healthy right and that's the thing that people are missing now with their children it's like they sometimes i wonder with some of these children do they really want to change their biological nature or is there something that they're doing because they want approval from their parent or the per- their adults in their life? Right. Or is it the parent trying to follow suit with their political ideologies and force? Right. Them on their and, that, and, and so therefore the children are also, you know, an inadvertent lab mice in getting into you know, seeking that approval because they want their parents to be happy and proud of them. And their parents are happy and proud of them when they completely deny who they really are. Right. To the point where it just becomes their personality. Um, and that's dangerous. That That is, you're, you're screwing with another life. Yep. And that is, that is very dangerous. Um, on the health front, to back up slightly, um, I'm kind of doing what you're doing, but in a different way. Um, since we had a potpourri part one, I guess we'll call it. Uh, um, I've lost about 40 pounds. This is awesome. Which, and I've been a lot of people, oh my goodness, how do you do it? Um, basic science, which is I eat less, I eat foods, I try to eat foods that are quality and I try to move more. Yep. Um, the job that I try to sleep better, I'm, that's another reason I switched jobs. I'm now at a job that is much mentally, much, how can I live it up? My brain works. It really mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. shut up <laughs> just shut up <laughs> that is not more meant it's like mentally stimulating but at my own pace at the same time yeah so which is like perfect for where i need to be i have a boss a group of my boss and then his boss are both very very understanding they pushed me but they're not too hard about it right. um, do i still go through the you know the basic office politics sure do mm-hmm. but i know how to handle it better yeah um I do feel, and I will say this to just about anybody, God put me at that job for a reason because I was told, and I've been told a couple of times since I was hired, I was not their first choice. 
mm-hmm. I was actually farther down the line that mm. they already had somebody picked out. They were sold on him completely. He could not pass a drug test. Oh, lovely. So then they hired me. Mm-hmm. And I knew within the first two months they were going to keep me. I did have a 90 day probationary period, but um, I knew God put me at this job when it was exactly almost, it was six days from the first phone call from the person, you know, to do the initial talent interview, which is, Hey, I think you'd be really good at this job to having the interview. And then a few hours later after the interview, Hey, we're going to offer you a job. Mm-hmm six days that's nice. unheard of yeah that is unheard of so i know god placed me at this job which is why i'm kind of loath to leave it also they're they're willing to invest in the education because i found out that this specific line of work that i do i am a quality control assistant mm-hmm. so and especially for the product that we do because i do work in um, the corrugated industry now i found out i really like this so yeah. I want to stick with this. So this is something that I'll probably, an industry I'll probably end up retiring from. I am 40, I'll be 42 next month. So, but going back to losing weight and getting mentally better, I had to do this for myself because I Mm -hmm. kept wanting to do it for, you know, to get a mate or other things. I finally realized I had to do this for myself because to bring it all back home, I am not able to serve God if I am not healthy. If my body doesn't work right, if I'm not able to cognitively do the things I need to do, if I'm not able to physically do the things I'm able to do, if I'm not doing everything I can in order to keep myself healthy, I cannot serve God. And that is the ultimate aim, to serve God and to enjoy his presence here until we go home. So for me, that looks like changing what I eat, trying to do things a little bit differently. I don't really do doctors that much. I'm going to have to because the way my insurance with my job works now, I'm going to have to go. But anyway, um, so that cha- you know, changing, maybe t- start taking vitamins. Maybe mm-hmm. I love the red meat. Maybe eat a little less and eat some turkey instead, you know, yep. up the vegetables. It's yep. okay to have sugar and sweets, but maybe not In moderation. Every day. Yeah. You know, so, and it's also been a mindset change for me. Um, I did use this one particular app that went through the mind mechanics of why you overeat. So between the mind mechanics, which has also helped another couple of the things mentally with me, Mm -hmm. um, working on the mind mechanics and then also working on the practical, which is what can I do to move more? I'm actually thinking of getting a gym membership just so I could walk every day. Because yeah, I walk a lot for work, but I need to walk more. Mm -hmm. So, because my weight's kind of stalling, my body composition is such where I don't want to buy new pants, but I had to buy suspenders. Mm -hmm. I just bought these jeans. They're already loose. And it's like, I cannot spend more money right now. I just don't want to. That's, that's my, my whole, my whole take. Cause you know, last year I had a size 39 waist this Mm -hmm. year. I'm at a 35 and a half. Rock on. Yeah. So it's like, okay, all my pants are really big, but I'm like, I don't, I can't, I just don't want to, I can't justify buying four or five new pairs of pants. So I'm like, oh, I'll just tighten the belt a little bit more. And, you know, yeah, tighten the belt until it, it starts, you start looking like you're wearing hammer pants. Exactly. Yeah. That's well, why I ended up buying new jeans because it's like the jeans I was wearing were hammer pants. And then today, um, without getting too technical, only someone who's very heavy will understand this. 
I ended up having to throw out some of my undergarments because they were just way too loose and they no longer functioned. Yeah. Only someone who's really heavy will understand that. Yeah. So <laughs> for been, me to go I've, from I've one there. to the other. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, so, you know, the best thing a person could do for themselves is, is get healthy. And, and that's a, that's a mental, it's a spiritual, it's, it's a life change. The best thing a person can do is get healthy. And it, and in, they take your approach, they take my approach, they take somebody else's approach. The best thing they can do is start at the very basics and focus on how can they change their life. Because and it's you're right, it's going to look different for everybody because mm-hmm. I know you're doing it. A mutual friend of ours ha- is working on that. It all looks slightly different for all of us because yeah. what works for me might not work for you. Right. I mean, excuse me, in general, you know, eating more vegetables across the board, that's probably a great idea. Yeah. Something I would, something I would tell anybody to do, um, put more vegetables in, not so much fruit because we, everybody gets, seems to get a lot of fruit, but put more vegetables in, mm-hmm. but certain things will look different for certain people. I know one friend of mine, he does one kind of dinner and I'm like, I don't do those because for a while I was doing a grain-free diet and going grain free. It's mostly just meat and vegetables. And when I was doing that, I felt a lot healthier. That works mm-hmm. for me. Might not work for anybody else. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for me, I, uh, it's a reduction of fat, a reduction of sugar. However, mm-hmm. I've, I keep tossing this idea around because I might start doing a cycling of my fat and carbs. Like one day I'll do a high carb day and, or, you know, a carb day where I, I hit my limit on carbs and then the next day I'll, I'll up the fat and reduce the carbs and, uh, you know, or maybe I'll do that in a two or three day cycle. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, when you start to re- you know listen to your body and you start to hear what it's doing, mm-hmm. you, you can realize what works for you. Do does eating more right. carbs and less fat work for people? Yes. Do, do eating more fat and less carbs work for others? Yes. But when hey, you, you know what, you know what that is, you know what you're doing? Mm, you're doing science. You're science. Doing science. Oh no. Science. The, Christians oh, can't do science. science. Ah! Christians can't do science. They hear it's science. The Galileo will put us on the Spanish Inquisition. No, <laughs> but yeah, that's basic science because mm-hmm. what again? It, it's I've already noticed with myself certain fats my body cannot handle. Oh yeah, like um, I used when I was younger, I used to be able to handle it better. Now my body goes, oh no, we're not doing this today. Right. So that's why when I do my baking, I am using regular butter. I am using the regular animal fat. I am using yep. the olive oil for the simple reason I cannot put in margarine or oh, yeah. canola oil or anything else because I can't eat this. Yep. If yeah. I if it's something that I can't eat, I'm not going to give it to another human being. Exactly. So those are those are fats that I can't have. So do I switch more to animal fats and more towards um like whole oils, like I would consider coconut oil or um, olive oil yeah mm-hmm. i have switched to that will that work for everybody not really my right. i actually go towards a higher fat content because i'm also not doing um what i call cheap carbs mm-hmm. which is like the white bread and the pasta right. well i eat it sometimes yeah if you've ever been to st louis you can't have a st paul sandwich on wheat bread it just of doesn't course. Work. you're right you right cannot. right it does not work i've got a uh a health page well it's a i don't know what you call it it's a cooking page or whatever and i'll i'll share it with you because this guy has just incredible recipes 
and i mean it, his the food he makes and it's simple he it's like a few ingredients <laughs> and it's heavy in uh protein and it's either high in carbs or high in fat and low in the other and mm-hmm. it's always healthy it's like low calorie it's not like you're consuming straight sugar in fact right. it, to my knowledge there is no sugar in any of it so it's really good clean eating and you know for the most average people if all they did was change a few of their habits like stop getting fast food stop eating foods that are highly processed just those two things like and that includes drinking soda and eating candy if you reduce those things in your life your body will react much better tremendously better you you as a tip for anybody because i used to be a soda drinker Uh and i'm sorry every once in a while i will get a fountain soda for mcdonald's because there's just something about coke from mcdonald's that's just fantastic i realized when i pulled soda completely out and i started switching to um the i call it the fizzy water or the angry water Mm -hmm. the sparkling waters i didn't so much miss the sugar but i wanted the bubbles the bubbles yeah exactly so yeah go over to the flavored stuff at least try it and give it a solid try take two weeks because along with taking everything out the other thing i would i would suggest is start seeing your actual portions because when you start doing portions that are a little more according to caloric intake you start seeing holy cow i was eating my entire calorie budget in once yeah yep well like you start pulling that back a little bit you start actually keeping track of everything because that's what i've been doing is Mm -hmm. i keep track of just about everything except yesterday because we had a potluck at work and oh my goodness everything was great but anyway (laughs) so they had oh my goodness my friend brought in baked mac and cheese his wife makes the best baked mac and cheese ever anyway but once you start doing that and it's like you start portioning things out my body's now so used to having those smaller portions and knowing what it wants because I want that stuff. It's like when I have more or I have a little too much, I'm like, uh, why did I do this to myself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we're getting close to the end of our time, but I want to yep. ask really one more question. Okay. Uh, we, we talked to just a whole bunch of random topics and random things. That, from... That's how we are. We are. Exactly. We, you know, we go from the book of James to the world being in the matrix and, and everything in between. How in the world could this stuff be applicable for your everyday Christian? Like all of what we're talking about? Sure. Just sum it up. Okay. This is applicable to the everyday Christian because, well, first of all, God created your mind to constantly be curious and constantly learn. When you stay stagnant, you, you, you see what happens when you get a puddle of water or a pond that's very, very stagnant. It gets really gross. Mm-hmm. So in order to, to not have that, you do need to have things that are moving. So by being somewhat curious about the world around you, it helps you learn about stuff you already know and helps deepen your knowledge. But it also kind of keeps you open to whatever God may be able to show you from something that you may not have considered before. Um, The other way that it's applicable is I might have said, in fact, I'm probably almost positive. I said at least one thing that someone doesn't agree with. In fact, Mm -hmm. you might have, you know, a few haters that listen to this show just so they can take notes. Oh, yeah. Get both of us at the same time as a two for one. Mm -hmm. But you know what? The the thing with the witness is in order to be able to actively witness, you're going to be around people that you have 
nothing in common with, whether it's culturally or whether it's ideologically. Uh, mm -hmm. For an example, my direct boss is the complete polar opposite of me. Right. He is an he is an open atheist, mm -hmm. and he is politically very very different from me. Mm -hmm. For me to be able to witness to him, I'm not going to be able to come out the front gate. Right. I'm going to have to show him. How do I show him by be you know by being consistent by growing in my sanctification by when things get bad knowing how to deal with this in a way that is pleasing to God is going to show him, holy crap, what is she doing that I'm not? Mm -hmm. How can she, how can she be so peaceful? How can she be, you know, have it so together when all of this is going on? That's, that's kind of what, it, what would be the applicable point for this. Um, and also, I guess, going, going back to our aim is to serve God in a way that's pleasing to him and a way to you know, get to know him better until we go home. So yeah, there you go. <clears throat> however, however you reach that end, <laughs> um, surround yourself with people who are able to help you get to that end. And I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, diving down the rabbit holes, looking at just yeah. the random stuff that is going on in the world, trying to make sense of it. Because like you said, the whole BlackRock bit, I've looked into that. That stuff's frightening. And it's very scary. Yeah, it is very scary, especially should... when you look at when you spent when you look at um for a couple of years ago when all the single home sales home prices were through the roof, but they kept getting bought, and you're like, who's buying them? Mm -hmm. You know, and then it's like you're oh, it's a conglomerate. We're all going to mm -hmm. be renters. That's great, you know. And yeah. yes, that is an actual thing. Go look it up. Yep. <laughs> yeah the 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 amount of control they have is frightening, and yeah. you know it. it like you said earlier, the whole world economy system, um, political system, it's all controlled by a small group of people. And we just basically have to just accept everything they do. And, you know, and, and, and even, for someone, even for someone like you or I, who's a bit of a control freak and I used to be, that's one way to grow in your sanctification. There is nothing mm -hmm. I can do about that. There is absolutely, all I can do is pray about it. All I can do is try to live my life the best I can because right. that's under the sovereign will of God. Yep. There's nothing I can do about that. So I just have to go. Okay. Yep. You know, it, whether you think the world is flat or the moon landing's fake, that doesn't take away from the call of Christians to share the gospel. And that should be our, in a world of chaos, madness, and darkness, the premise and, and point of Christianity is to expand the gospel. It's not to solve those problems within the world, but it is to share Christ and allow people to come to Christ and hopes that we will reach the end of this chaos and Christ will return and take his church home. We are to be lights in a dark world. Full stop. Yeah, that's, that's the great commission. That's it, the job. It is. We're not and, supposed to judge others. We're not supposed to change how they live by force. We're not supposed to. Our job is to share the gospel and be lights in a dark world. Yep. Stuff. yep and in fact that's uh the next topic i'll be covering on my friday show with the Ooh. which uh will be out in probably a couple of weeks after we record this but the, mm -hmm. we'll pick up in matthew 5 at verse 13 and talk about salt and light and then we'll probably spend a good chunk of time talking about what does it mean to be the light in the world so uh, yeah so you just uh maybe we'll drop this episode the week before i air that one and uh, which will be about a week and a half from today. So give me time to edit the show and yeah. get, it, get it cut out of Zoom and put into my 
my mixing software and all that jazz. So, well, be a uh, magician of the uh, the electronic arts. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Just it's it's something that I have had to painfully learn how to do since running yeah. the show myself. But anyways, uh, any last thoughts, questions, complaints, concerns? No, um, I know I'm this we're recording this um a couple weeks before Thanksgiving holiday in the United States. Yeah. So I know in December before Christmas holiday I'll be visiting you, which I'm very excited to do since I'll yeah. be in the Midwest for a weekend. So I am looking forward to that. But as far as questions, comments, no, I don't really have anything. Um you and I talk enough where it's you know, if I have something I'll let you know. But as far as anybody else, um just keep both of us in prayer. I am in the unholy land, as it were. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, being here is very tough for a Christian who is actively pursuing the right way. Um, and I guess keep Alex in prayer because no matter where you are, it's still tough to be a pastor. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Considering I found out another one of my congregants this morning had fallen last night and broken her shoulder oh. and hip. So, and she's got liver issues. So she's dealing with a potentially life risking uh, surgery to get it fixed. So it's, it's certainly challenging. There's definitely a lot of uh, yeah. issues to deal with to unpack and um, hopefully factor in. So, well, that uh, I think should wrap her up for the today, unless okay. you got anything else you want to chat about, which we can, we got no. part, part three to come. So yeah, we got part three. So we got to, I got to start making a list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should certainly look at finding one particular rabbit hole and just un <laughs> un uh, unpacking it to the, to its utmost ridiculous end. Oh yes. The, the amount of ridiculousness we should do for part three. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, and... we've tried, we were really serious with the first one. This one, we're a little more relaxed. Um, yeah, we should definitely just go for that most ridiculousness. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally down for it. So, April, so, thanks for tuning in and uh, stopping by and making this recording happen. I look forward to meeting you in April. April. April, uh, I look forward to meeting you in December. Do -do and, <laughs> and, you know, we, we'll, we'll chat, obviously, on social media. So, yep. All right. Adios. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.